agriculture has this huge potential to be a major carbon sink, but you have to have the right data and you have to have the right practices in place and understand if those practices are actually making a difference. In this interview today, I speak with EOS Data Analytics, who has been doing this for years, providing satellite data to 900,000 users from around the globe so they can understand how their crops are doing and the impact that any change that they make is having. And EOS Data Analytics is launching something incredible that will take their ability to answer any of their clients' questions faster and more efficiently than ever before. And their data that they acquire from the satellites can be applied to so much more than just agriculture. So make sure you stick around for this entire interview to hear all about EOS Data Analytics and how they are helping the planet reach our sustainability goals. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Right. Vera, do you mind telling us a bit about EOS data analytics and what you guys do? Yeah. Hi, everyone. So my name is Vera Patrick. I'm Chief Marketing Officer at EOS Data Analytics. EOS Data Analytics is a global provider of satellite analytics solution. We're mainly focused on agriculture and forestry, but we are capable of creating solutions in 22 other industries on request. So what we do, we employ latest AI technologies and scientific minds. We have 60 in-house scientists, among which are 25 PhD professors that together create the fantastic products that we are proud of, as well as the custom solutions. So all of our tools and products that we create are meant to drive sustainability across the globe, because our vision is to help preserve the planet. It's probably the best in short. Nice, definitely. And so you know, you've got all these cysts who are putting together all these models and things. What has been your your main use? You, you said you're mainly in agriculture before, but... Yes, yes, what we're is... great in agriculture because we mm -hmm. have the product ESDA crop monitoring, which with 900,000 users across the globe and with users in every country of the world. So yes, our primary focus is agriculture. That's why with this product, we're launching the satellite constellation EOS set that will help us become the leaders in this market. Nice. That'll be awesome. And when is that set to go live? So the first satellite is going to go live in December and the other three will follow in 2023 and the full constellation of satellites will be launched by 2025. Nice. That'd be awesome. And what was your goal with putting together these satellites of your own? I know you're currently using the data from public satellites and things like that, but what was the reasoning behind wanting to launch your own? So as I said, we have this product ESDA crop monitoring and we've done the market demand. The, we've researched everything that all of our target geos need. And we understand that we 
yes, we've created this great platform and it stands out and it helps a lot of people all over the world, but there are some other companies, but none of them have their own satellite constellation. And as you said, we are all using the free satellites, the Sentinel-1 that is very nicely provided to all the companies that employ scientific solutions from European Space Agency. But the thing is that you don't own the satellite. You cannot tell it to go to the place that you need to check the land that you need. The timing is about seven to 10 days. And with our constellation, it's going to be up to three days. We can give people the access to their land and we can give them more spectral bands. So it's going to be up to 13 agri-related spectral bands and the end users will be able to search imagery with clearly captured objects of interest and their condition against the criteria for each task. The deployment of ES satellites into orbit will allow our specialists to manage the full data cycle internally. This means having full control over data acquisition, process and analysis. So in short, we've created the product. We understand what the market needs. And now we understand that this is going to be a game changer because it's going to give this extra benefits to the market that none of our competitors have. Yeah, definitely. Being able to decrease the length of time from 10 days to 30 days, that's really great. And then being able to have all those additional data points that you're able to look at specifically because you're tuning it to your market. That's so important. So that'll be amazing. And when did you guys start coming up with the idea to launch this satellite constellation? I think it was two years ago. It was just right after I joined the company. So we made the evaluation with, we made a very deep competitor research and we've looked at our customers. We've conducted hundreds of interviews and we understood that this is something that we are interested in. And because we are part of Nasphere Venture, Nasphere Venture has several companies and we have vertical integration. So we have the company Dragonfly that's creating satellite. We have sets there making the little details for it. And we are the company that analyzing the product. So together, it's one big partnership network, we can say, the Nasphere Venture, and we are the last in this at this point most important company because we can integrate the data and analyze and show present it to the consumers yeah definitely wow that's great and i know you mentioned before that you guys can also go into 22 other different industries as well what is another including forestry which we haven't talked on yet but what are some of the big ones that you're hoping to get into soon we are not looking into extending our industries we really want to focus on agriculture for now but okay. just to give you the picture we can do anything like imagine the satellite and imagine the earth it can be agriculture forestry mining oil and gas fisheries alternative energy utilities construction transportation anything so we have this team of scientists and they do provide custom solutions and if there is a big fish if there is someone <laughs> who needs to do it then of course we can look into it and for now i think we're gonna be very much digging even further into agriculture and the next one is to broaden the forestry. Definitely. And how are you guys in terms of agriculture and forestry, how are you using your data to help fight the climate crisis? This is the best part because we are not only strongly uh, focused on sustainability in words, but I think we show it in our actions. 
Currently, we align with 10 out of 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which are climate action, clean waters and sanitation, responsible consumption and production, affordable clean energy, and so on and so forth. So for all the products, all of the solutions that we create, we think of these 10 Sustainable Development Goals to we keep them in mind while thinking of new solutions that we produce. And this is the one thing that I think we should go into detail here. So we believe that satellite technologies and the data we receive are able to significantly influence the state of nature. So I think personally, it's a tool for each of our climates who can improve the environmental condition around them, even just a little. So if we go into detail, we have three products currently. There are main products that we sell. The first one and most important is the ESD crop monitoring, which is the product for agricultural sector. It can not only increase yields and help people get more profit, but also reduce the impact of harmful substances on the soil, depleted less, and generally enable the agro-industry to be less harmful. This is very important because as the population increases, we will have to consume more and our soils, unfortunately, on the contrary, deteriorate. ESD crop monitoring will allow people to, in agricultural sector, not only increase their profit, but actually save the soil. And there is an awesome project that is called Save Soil that is produced by Sadhuru, which is like one of the cool philosophical guys. So their yes. main emphasis is to, he's saying the nicest words, as I think, is because there's going to be no food, no words, no nothing will be interesting for anyone. Because if you are hungry, you will only think about where can you get this food. So I think implementing these technologies will help us conduct this upcoming food crisis. This is the one product. The second product is ESD forest monitoring product. It's pretty new. It's not yet finished, but it is already giving us some results. We've recently appeared the map on which anyone can observe the state of four greenhouse gases in the territory of any country. The product also allows users to track deforestation, forest cover, afforestation, and receive alerts on weather anomalies so they can prevent or timely act on forest fires. This is the forest monitoring. And if you're still listening, I'll tell you about the land <laughs> yes, So the ESD land viewer is the oldest product and I love it very much. Users can use the satellite data to analyze practically everything. The state of the earth, they can use remote sensors to obtain information about diverse features of the earth's surface, including vegetation cover, buildings, water surfaces, air temperatures, ground elevations, and many other characteristics. What is cool is that ASD Lenduri has really extensive functionality, which is even used by Greenpeace, which, with whom we've recently had a joint webinar. So if you'd like to learn more about, we also talk about sustainability all the way about in that webinar, but you can also see how Greenpeace is using our viewer to actually help preserve our planet. Yeah, wow, that, that's amazing. And you're being able to help out with Greenpeace, all these different ways is really incredible. And in coming back to the agriculture with safe soil, I had a volunteer from 
the Safe Solo Movement, and he was on the podcast back oh. several months ago, and he was all talking very specifically about the Safe Solo Movement and how important it is to save the soil and what they're doing around that because we don't think about dirt. We don't think about mm -hmm. how the quality of our soil and a lot of that happened for in a really big way during the Dust Bowl in the U.S. during the 30s when, you know, all this agriculture, the, so much runoff and just uh, massive dust storms that came through and all this topsoil that was just completely removed from the Midwest. So it's just a huge issue because, you know, it, it ruined all these crops and, and a huge problem during that time. And today it's not much better. We've yeah, improved exactly. it a bit, but we only have so many harvests left before our soil in many places is just not able to grow anything and we've got to be able to save it because it's not only is it going to impact our food and our quality and all this stuff but it's also impacting climate the soil holds i don't know it's three or four times as much carbon as a tree holds and i think there's some other statistic about it's holding seven or eight times as much as the atmosphere it's a huge carbon sink for us as well if we retain our soils and make them healthy again. So definitely recommend checking out your webinar with Greenpeace and anybody on here also checking out that interview with Aswin. He is it's a great interview with him. But what else have you done with Greenpeace specifically? Do you want to, can you dive into more with that? We give out our products for free for them. And the only thing that we've promoted is that they are using our products and that we've done this webinar because Greenpeace, we are business. So they don't mm -hmm. want us just to use their name. Then this is why we're trying to have a very respectful partnership and not scream out at everywhere. But yes, it was a very nice webinar and I continue having conversations with them on the next joint webinars or maybe case studies that we can showcase. But again, it's a giant company and there are a lot of rules. Be yes, definitely. And I know you have a couple of case studies up on your website, which is really cool to dive into and go through because you take this data application and you apply it to so many different issues that are around the globe, not just agriculture or forestry, but you also helped out with the oil spills in the Amazon. Can you talk more about oh, yeah. that? Yeah, this is a fantastic story because I've actually been there myself, I think three or four years ago, and I fell in love with the Amazon forest in Ecuador. Absolutely. That was this three days of your life that you will never forget yeah. because it's just so beautiful and everything is screaming and you kind of feel this peace in mind because you feel that you're a part of this beautiful nature. Okay. These are the lyrics, but I've met wonderful people there. The eco activist and my dearest friend, Veronica Kuji, she is the inner environmental activist and we became friends when we started chatting and once I came back home was an oil spill and so you understand all of those oil spills are of course illegal but there's nothing you can do about it because it's again it's bureaucracy it's corruption and so on and so forth but people who live there they eat drink and do absolutely everything with the help of the nature. So they don't go shopping. They only get the water from the rivers and the food and they hunt. So it was complete devastation for them. And we tried to save some money and send them. And it was something like one bottle of water costs $1 because they have such a great devaluation in their country and they're using US dollars. So I understand that it wasn't much of a help. And the next time there was a second oil spill and the third one. And by that time, I've been already working here and we're thinking, what can we do? So this was one of social case studies. We have many of them by now. 
and hopefully we'll have even more. So what we did, because the government was saying that there is no oil spill or they've cleaned everything, we can go back with the satellite data. We can go mm -hmm. back and we cannot go first, but we can explain what can come next. But we can go back and we've created this JF where we show with the help, of course, of our scientists that, of course, there was an oil spill and there are still some places that are being damaged. And we've reached out not only to my friend, we reached out to the chiefs of the tribes. We work with the Amazon protection organizations. And together, I think it's a pretty nice case study. And I also like that all of our case studies have the short two minutes videos. So if you're lazy to read because it's a very long piece, you can just watch the video. But if I have uh, the minute, I would also want to talk about another one. Yeah, this, please do, is, please do. just super cool. It is about Chad. So she is the echo activist from Chad. She has a TED talk of 1 million views and she's been to COP26. And she's this one fantastic woman you really want to follow. She reached out to us. Her indigenous communities, they live without electricity, they live without all the modern supplies. So they drastically rely on the resources. And because of the climate change, some of the places, the water is gone, the green grass is gone. So they started moving from a neighbor to a neighbor. And this resulted in fights and we can say even little war with unfortunately casualties. So what mm -hmm. we've done, we've created the 3D map of all the territory indicating the water places, the green places, all of the territory and the members of communities of 133 communities came and they actually pinpoint the places like saying, okay, yes, and this is the green place. And this is where we store our food. This is where our children go to play. And altogether, I think it was a success. And the map was presented on one of the nice events in Paris this year. So I think this is like the case that I'm proud of because I can see the difference very much because with Amazon, yes, we've created the awareness. But I cannot actually go and do something about it yeah. other than donate. But with this one, I think this is the future of our social case studies. Yeah, definitely. Because you were able to bring that map to them and then they could say, okay, instead of this confusion over whether, okay, do you have that location with the water? Is that yours or is it mine? There's no more disagreement there. Is that what the map helped portray? Yes. Yes, that's yeah. The idea. yeah, definitely. That's huge because you can actually say, okay, this is the map. This is mine. This is yours. Okay. Let's understand and agree on that. And so now we don't have this conflict. That's really good. And you mentioned on your website as well about the work that you've done with planting more trees with this company called Evertreen. Oh, yeah. Do you mind talking more about that? I would love to shout out. I love Evertreen. Evertreen is the best. So the Evertreen is a global platform for planting trees. Each tree is certified. It can be purchased by individuals or businesses or virtually donated to a third party. I think their aim is to protect and restore for bringing environmental, social, and of course, economic benefits to the world. And also what I like about them is that they involve local farmers in tree planting. So they give employment to the people. What we've done with them, trees absorb carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide and produce oxygen in the process of photosynthesis, so on and so forth. So afforestation is critical for reduction of CO2 emissions and climate stability. Evergreen is following the sustainable development principles with its tree planting in many countries. And they are making this balanced ecosystem. You're taking the tree, you're planting the tree, you're cutting the tree and you're giving it back. 
So they were seeking a way to ensure transparency for the customers. So some people invest in forestations of distant countries or regions. Like you would like to invest in Africa, but you will not go and check each of the tree and you don't know if they're still there or they've been cut. So with our technologies, the satellite imagery analytics became a convenient and very much affordable way for Evertrain to deliver a forestation monitoring to their customers. We started working, I think, 2021, and since then, the platform has been used in nine countries for observation of forestation, fruit tree planting, and agroforestry projects. What we also can do is not only check if the tree is still there, but you can track trees' growth, spot any mm. deviations in normal plant development, prevent the risk of plant diseases and detect infertile soil. With the help of special indices like NDVI, it is easy to recognize the areas of dense, moderate and sparse vegetation or open soil and identify problematic areas at different stages, which is very important because you can check it while it was only grown or when it's a mature tree. So in the business terms, I think their main object was retention of customers and the retention rate increased up to 15%. And I think Eritrean is also offering our satellite as a value added service that improves their sales. So together with them, we can promote tree planting all over the world and actually check what is happening to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that ability to say, yes, this is the tree we planted. And then we're also constantly monitoring it and you can see how it's growing and how it's doing and getting that data is really useful because sometimes, like you mentioned at the beginning, it's how do I know that tree, you might've planted it, but then it was cut down the next year or it died or like what happens being able to have that. That's really important. And do you, I know you guys are launching the satellites here soon. Do you have any other big goals for the next six months? The number one is to make the launch. So we are waiting for the first satellite launch. It's going to be broadcast, I think, on our website and our YouTube channel. And I hope we will find someone who will talk more about the benefits and why it's so important to have this agricultural installation. So the main goal for the six months is to do this and to promote our ESD academic outreach program, which is the program for scientists, students, researchers from all over the world. If they are planning on doing any researches that involves sustainable practices, we give out our products for free nice. and see the results. Yeah, hoping that we will become friends and being promoting each other along the way, if we say honestly as marketers. But <laughs> I think the six months is just a short, very short goal. Because right now we will have this New Year's and budgeting and everything else. So I think for me, it will be to approve the strategy and to continue pushing the sustainability practices and getting more clients that want to invest in this, not only because it's profitable, but because it's very good to be a normal human being. And I think all of other companies that are looking for partners they will be looking for the conscious companies, conscious partners that are thinking about the future, because it's yeah. not only the future of agriculture, it's a future for everyone. Because as I said before, everyone wants to eat and we want to <laughs> eat healthy. We understand now that it's very important and we're going to have so many more people soon. Like in 30 years, if I'm not mistaken, there's going to be 9 billion and what? the soil is not ready for this. And the heavy machinery, the fertilizer overuse, all of this, we're killing it. 
as you said, with the people from Safe Soil, I'm pretty sure they say the same. So it's very important we think of these practices and we apply them into our everyday for especially businesses. Yeah, definitely. So important. And I think every business out there, if they're not already, should be considering and are considering sustainability in their everyday operations because we've gotten to that point where I think most companies have realized that if you don't have a plan for the future, like things run out, it's mm -hmm. not unlimited and really being able to figure out how you can create a system that is going to be around in 50 years. Like that's important. I mean, you want to create a company that's going to stand the last of time. And so how do you create that sustainably so that you're in coordination with nature and the earth is super important because, you know, we've had such a very toxic effect on our soils, on the climate. Like we really need to be able to come up with better solutions for creating businesses sustainably and making our future brighter. And so I think that every company really needs to make sure they're having sustainability into each and every part of their business. I that's, agree. That's our only way. There are so many awesome startups and companies that are implying it. I mm -hmm. really think this is the future and this is the future for all of us. If we don't imply these practices, just as you said, there's not going to be enough for everyone. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I love to ask this question just to kind of get a bunch of different answers and it's always a lot of fun. So what are you currently learning right now? It's a very interesting question. I'm learning a lot every day because I'm working with the products that it's very difficult to understand in there are so many scientists and sometimes we have to translate what they're saying. So you are learning a lot of scientific stuff every day. And apart from this, just as on the marketing side, I'm going to attend the next MBA course for the marketing directors that is organized oh. by a marketing guru or father of marketing Kotler. It's really funny because this is the guy that in my university. So he's actually written the books that I've studied and now it's a half a year course, but I think it will be great because there are a lot of top marketers and of course mm -hmm. uh, the father of marketing Kotler. And the father of marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. That'll be very exciting to be able to take a course from him. That's yeah, awesome. because online you can do anything. The yeah, you really can. It's my love language. Yeah, it, it is mine too. And if you have one tip for any ecopreneur in the audience or preneur in the audience who's looking to work on their marketing skills for sustainability or whichever, do you have one tip that you would give them to help them grow their business? Marketing is a very complex thing. And first <laughs> of all, yeah, I think you should find the right audience. I know it sounds very simple, but it's not. If you want to be successful, you need to understand, spend the day with your customer, understand who are those people, why will they learn, why will they want to join? Because if I reach out to some fast food company and say, of course, we need to do sustainable practices, they will not be interested in this, only on the promotion side. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for us right now, the term greenish it's very popular for most companies and they are all trying to squeeze in and say that they are sustainable. So I would suggest if you want to actually find the partners, find someone who is really investing into this in a serious matter and uh, direct your message, understand what they're looking for. And of course, tell them that it's not only good, it's a lot of money. Really, yeah. you can make projects, you can find clients, and you can actually be 
profitable. You can gain some great sums at the same time helping preserve the planet. And I think this is why this is my dream job because <laughs> I really believe in what we're doing and I'm being yeah. paid and we really find people who need it. And uh, maybe this is the answer. No, that's great. Yeah, and that's amazing that you've been able to find that and I'm very happy for you that you were able to do that because that's the way to really be able to be passionate about something and work in it every day and get paid to do it. It, it makes it sustainable for yourself. You can go out there and volunteer and be an activist and things and believe in things. But when you're getting paid to do those things, things there's oh yeah there's half of the day i'm on fire yeah that's great that's great and if anybody wants to reach out to you vera and learn more about what you do how can they get in touch with you okay so if you want to get in touch with me directly it's vera patrick you can find me on linkedin it's very simple vera patrick you how you hear it that's how it spells but if you want to find something about our company which i think is more interesting is find us on linkedin <laughs> EOS data analytics, or go to our website, it's eos.com. And please check out our social media. We have lots of news, sometimes two posts per day with the social case studies, with broadcasting of the satellite launch and interviews with our smart colleagues, scientists and salespeople. So I think social media is the easiest way. Awesome. Vera, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been awesome being able to talk about what you guys do at EOS Data Analytics and the change that you're able to help companies come across becoming more sustainable and really the impact you're having in agriculture, making it so that we'll be able to feed those 9 billion mouths. It's going to be super important. So thank you so much for thank coming you, on the Billy. show. The time yeah. flew like one second. Thank you. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And if you enjoyed this interview with EOS Data Analytics and how they're using satellite data to help so many different industries, including agriculture, and really helping them answer critical questions to help their sustainability, then I invite you to check out this interview with Habitare. During this interview, Nick and I talk about how they have these specialized algorithms and models to really help farmers understand how much carbon they are offsetting on their farm and how they can sell that and utilize that for the carbon credit market. Not only that, but also understanding which practices that they're using that can help them become a carbon sink. So make sure you don't miss out on this interview with Habitare. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.